Welcome back to another episode of Open Season. Um, obviously, you guys are here because this is our other episode coming up. Um, we have a special guest today here tonight. Well, today in the morning because we're doing this today in the morning. Anyways, welcome back. Open Season Podcast, Season 2. It's an amazing one. We have a special guest today, one of my closest friends today. Um, talked to her for many, many times. She's grown on me. A uh, real close friend, and she goes by the name of Steph. Some of you might know her, some of you might not, but Steph, welcome to season two. Hi. How are you? How you doing? I'm good. Welcome. Welcome to the podcast. Uh, thank you. <laughs> uh, once again, this is about you. Um uh, I don't know if you want to introduce yourself. Obviously, everybody knows you by Steph. You want to say where you're not where you're from, exactly. But it was a little background about you. Mm. Not really. <laughs> All right, y'all heard that. <laughs> she goes by Steph. <laughs> Steph, the mic is all yours. Whenever you're ready, let us know. Start. Okay, so um, a lot of people probably don't know that I was um, a teenage mom. I had my first son when I was young. Mm-hmm. Um, I had him when I was 16, and I was still in high school. Um, and his dad was like my first everything. I guess you can call it like my first boyfriend and everything. And we stayed together mm-hmm. and we got married young. I didn't know any better, you know, like being young, right. being young and dumb. <laughs> so uh, all I knew was that my son Isaac was my future and it like changed me, you know, like that really like changes your life perspective. I mean, it did for me. Probably didn't for my ex-husband, but it did for me. Um, it almost, he almost saved my life, you know? Right. I really don't know what my life would have been like if I didn't have him so young. He's kind of like a blessing. How young were you when you had Isaac? Um, I was 16 when, I, when he was born. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Um, my, my ex-husband at the time, he was 18, but he was young too, but, but he was technically an adult, so, mm-hmm. but he was still so immature. Wow. Uh, I, I, was this like a high school couple or? Yeah. I met him when I was a freshman. Okay. And I had Isaac when I was a sophomore. So I was still in high school when I was pregnant, and then I had him. But it just made me um, change my goals, I guess. It automatically changed them for me. Like, I knew I needed to finish high school just to... Because everything I was doing was for my son now. It wasn't for me anymore. And before I got married, mm-hmm. it was just all about me and my son. Right. Really didn't put my his dad in, in the future yet. Even though we were still together, I didn't like he wasn't added to my goals because 
Um, he wasn't a guarantee, you know, because he was still just the baby dad. So as soon as I graduated high school, I did graduate high school on time. And I graduated with a two-year-old, which was kind of awesome because he was there at my graduation. That's crazy. Was yeah. it hard? Was school hard? It was hard, um, but he just made me push harder, you know, and I still went to school full time. I had my son and I worked part time. Oh, so it was like I had to do stuff that I needed to do to take care of my son. I wasn't going to depend on his dad. Yeah. You know, I couldn't because he wasn't showing me that he was going to be there, you know? Right. So I just took control of myself with my son, whether he was going to be there or not. Um, and then I, it just, even just graduating high school, I already like knew what I wanted to do to just keep working, you know, to keep supporting myself and my son. Right. And that's how I got into dentistry now. Um, I went to dental school, like dental assisting school. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I graduated from there too, because I, I went to school at night and I worked during the day. Uh, but I was still with the, the baby dad, with his dad at the time. So we, we got married when I got 18. Oh, um, nice. Um, it was just, it's not like he asked me to marry him. It was just mm-hmm. automatic because when I turned 18, they expected me to. Because I wouldn't do it when I was under 18. Mm-hmm. They tried to get me to do it, but I didn't. Um, it was almost like we were forced to do it. So we just did it. Probably the biggest mistake of my life. <laughs> but, I mean, I did it for my son, you know, so he can have a family. Right. So I went to school, I graduated school, and I started my career, which I'm still doing now after what's well, been like 20 years, <laughs> I guess you can say. Mm-hmm. I've been, dental, been a dental assistant for 20 years now. It's been a great career. Nice. Uh, it's got me to where I am now with my kids. But the biggest, the hardest part of my life was being married. And why is that? I was going into a marriage thinking that. that First of all, you were you were going into a young marriage, weren't you? Because you said you guys got married at eighteen. Yeah, I was eighteen when I got married. I, I, did, I mean, I didn't know better. It's not like I had um, role models. My parents were divorced already. Right. You know? But it was just assumed to get married because we had a kid. You know what I mean? Right. I didn't realize that it was just an option. You know, that I had choices. I didn't realize that I had choices. Right. So young. Um, I mean, so I got married. We were like a family, I guess. Um, and then there was just a lot of things that I didn't notice at first being married. Mm-hmm. It took me a while. Um, and then I decided to have a second kid just because I didn't want my son to be an only child. Mm-hmm. And so I had my son, Mateo, and he was almost four years apart. I mean, it's not a way to save a marriage, but it was what I wanted at the time, you know? Right. I don't know. And I was working full time with two kids under the age of four. Still mostly taking care of them myself. 
you know the the relationship with the with their dad was just it almost felt like I was in a fog the whole time I was married because I didn't know like what I know now being an adult more mature. right right you know didn't know what to expect or what I should expect or have my own like boundaries and and what I want from an actual like marriage you know yeah mm-hmm. so you you had your first one at sixteen and your second at twenty yes. You were young. Yeah, I wasn't even old enough to drink alcohol yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, under 21 with two kids. Yes, under the right. age of five. Under the age of five. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was fun. It was hectic. It was, I mean, it was my life, you know. Um, at that point, my husband, my ex-husband, was already an alcoholic, he was barely there. But I mean, it wouldn't change my kids for anything. Right. I wish that things would have been different, you know? Right. Because you can't change. You can't go back into the past and change anything, you know? And there are some things I regret not doing for my kids yeah. as the years went by. Mm. I just became blind. I don't know what to say. Like, I guess it was just blindness. (laughs) I just assumed that I had to, like, be in that kind of relationship because I was married, you know? Like, I didn't know better because nobody told me any better. Yeah, not only that, you married young. Yeah. Your parents were separated at that time, so there was no structure there. There was no, no structure, no role model, nothing for me to learn from. Right. And so I assumed that's what a marriage was supposed to be. He became very, uh, by the time I had my second one, he was verbally abusive a lot. Mm-hmm. Like, my mentality was just so bad. I was just, just a mom, technically, at that time. And I worked, but I didn't talk to nobody. I had no friends. I worked and came home and took care of my kids. Yeah. Like, everything was just a blur. Like, I was in a cloud all the time. Um, we were constantly with our families too though so it's not like we were alone in that sense but mm-hmm. he was constantly doing his own thing like all the time not checking in with me not asking me or like I thought it would be like something you would tell your wife you know kind of thing yeah you go to work you come home or if you go out you say something but like I had to like find out for myself and it just made me look like a crazy person, you know? But I thought that as a wife that you should be equal, you know? Like, you shouldn't be like a priority in the family, you know what I mean? Like, he thought yeah. he was his own way for everything. And right. it, just, it became too much. I learned later on what the word was that I was always thinking, but he was, you know, like he was a narcissist. And it just blew my mind when I found out stuff that it was just right in my face. Um, it was just so hard living every day and then trying to protect my kids from that. Mm-hmm. Never wanted them to see. And my family. My family didn't know about it for years until I was ready to get divorced. Um, 
they just assumed it was because of the drinking, you know, but that's still not an excuse. Right. To treat anybody that way. Just because you're you're drunk, you know? And when we lived in California, closer to family, and with a huge family, there's always like a party. So it was like an, always an excuse to drink. Yeah. And so that was my life, like having to look forward to protecting myself and my kids and hiding mm-hmm. from my own husband, which like was sad. <laughs> it just made me sad. Um, it's, it's hard thinking about it now. Because now you see what, what was going on. What the hell? Yeah, but it just brings back memories, you know? Mm-hmm. I'm sure it does. You know, like, the physical is, is okay because it's just bruises and broken bones and they heal, but, like, words, they're just, they're embedded in your brain. Yeah, it's like that one saying, sticks and stones can break your bones, but... Words do hurt. Mm-hmm. And I know now, like, all that stuff is not true, you know, but it's just, it took me a really long time to not believe that. Yeah. To be called all these things all these years, you know, by someone who was supposed to love you and and treat you like the wife you thought you were supposed to be. It's just... Right. It's just hard to be in a relationship now, too. I always, like, I feel like I sabotage my own self, too, to become in a relationship myself. Because I don't want it to get to a point where mm-hmm. I do trust somebody, but then it's just like I'm waiting for something else to come out, you know? Or I don't let it get that far. okay yeah all right it's just because um i am better now i know that words are just words they do have meaning but i know from someone who's who's an alcoholic and a narcissist like that it's just i know it's not true you know it took me a long time to get where i'm at now even though he's apologized many times you know but that's their the one thing that they're good at is saying sorry. Yeah. To this day now, he's still sorry. He wishes he can go back, but there's no way I could go back to that. Like, even if I had a chance to restart, you know, I could not. Um, yeah, because you already know what's going on. You know what to look for. Yeah, I do. It's just too, but some people never change. You know, they say all these words and they, they're still the same. Yeah. I took him back. I took him back three times. It was just going to sound kind of dumb. I married him twice. I married my ex-husband twice thinking it was going to help. Like, I was giving our family a second chance. Mm-hmm. I know that's not the right reason to do it, but it was me still doing the second chance, you know, like I didn't say it, didn't try. Right. And he never changed. Just made it worse. 
I guess in a sense, because then my kids were older and now they can see how he was. Yeah. Um, that's when I knew the second time that we could not do it again because it was just, they were getting affected by it now too, you know? And that's mm-hmm. the one thing that you don't want them to do is, is for them to feel and see that. And I found out later too that my kids knew everything. The, all the stuff that I was trying to hide. Which is, it, it kind of sucks because then I probably would have figured shit out sooner. Yeah. And all I was trying to do was, was hide everything. Was hide yeah. the views, you know? Right. Kids will always know everything. But kids was The thing that I've learned is that kids want to see you happy. No matter what it is. I was just so busy trying to like. Make them happy. Make them happy. But like keep him away from us. You know in a sense that. Figure out when his like moods were. You know it was just so hard. We were so, I was always stepping on like eggshells. Or walking around like. Like he was fragile. You know. Right. And it was the other way around. Like anytime he would talk to me. I was like gonna flinch because I was just afraid like is he drunk yet or or has he started drinking you know can I smell the alcohol where are my kids at you know like it was just it was a constant thing for me my mind was always like thinking that every day yeah because he wasn't just an alcoholic on the weekend he was an alcoholic every day every hour of every day oh he would wake up and go drink he would wait for me to go to work at seven in the morning just to go get a bottle. Wow. By the time I got off work, I had to figure out what I was waiting for me at home. Yeah. That was my constant life for 20 years. Until I couldn't take it no more. Yeah. Like I was tired of hiding the pain. The the physical abuse was even hard to do too, you know, because Nobody saw it. I mean, my kids heard it, but they didn't see it. Uh, they only saw it maybe twice when he was really drunk and he came after us. <laughs> he came after us with scissors. Wow. Yeah. All because I was going out with my friends. Because you were trying to enjoy your life. Yeah. And I told him to come home from work so that he can be with the kids and I can go out. And he showed up drunk. And he was in my face telling me he was going to kill himself with scissors if I left. Oh, wow. And I had tried to take them from him and he turned it around and cut me. And my son had grabbed him my oldest son mm-hmm. because I can hear my youngest one somewhere in the house crying I don't even know where he was I can just hear him crying and my my oldest son was grabbed by my husband because he was trying to protect me mm-hmm. he had him in a headlock with the, the scissors around his neck and all I'm thinking is like what the hell am I going to do Cause I'm just looking at him and he's just like talking to Isaac in the ear and he's got these scissors around his neck. Like he's got him like hostage, you know? Mm-hmm. 
and I couldn't think, you know, because I was bleeding and then he had already trashed the house. So the only thing I can think of was I threw something. I threw like a pen and it made a noise and it distracted him and it like loosened the grip on Isaac. And I told Isaac to run. I just told him to run and grab his brother. And they just took off out of the apartment with the keys to the car. And then that was our chance to just run because he got distracted. And he came after us. And it's funny because we're in apartments and nobody says shit. Nobody calls the cops, no nothing. <laughs> you know, it's just like... I, I see these other people that go through domestic violence and it's just like... Like nobody ever says anything, you know? And it's only because that we don't have the chance to call 911 in that few minutes that we're going through domestic violence. Yeah. We don't have a chance to, you know? With all the the violence that's going on, there's no time to think about that. It's just trying to keep yourself safe. Mm-hmm. I ended up just taking my kids with me and we left. I don't know where he went. He came after us. I just took off in the car with my kids. I still went out. I didn't go to the police. Because my ex-husband at the time, we were legally separated, but living together trying. And he was still on probation from the first domestic violence. So I didn't call the cops. Because then my kids would have had to testify against him and be a part of the system. And he would have gone to jail this time because it would have broken probation. Mm-hmm. And they would have known that they put him there. Because he would have gone to jail with, with intent this time because he had a weapon. Damn. And I just couldn't put them through that, though. Even though he would have gone to jail. Yeah. Which probably would have made things a little better. But then we we would have all been a part of the system. Which yeah. the system is jacked up, you know? So it's just like, I couldn't do it. I knew I couldn't, like, separate yet from him at that point. Because, you know, financially it's hard. Yeah. At that point, though, I knew that it was time to get out. And I was going to be done. Right. And so that's when I started distancing myself from him. And I started to save money. And he probably did not think anything of it. Because I filed for the divorce papers three months later to finalize them. Yeah. And we were done. And you would think that I would start my process then to heal. But it just took time. Yeah. A lot more stuff had happened after that. And... My mom died a year and a half ago. Mm -hmm. And that changes your perspective on life, you know, when there's a sudden death, especially someone that's close to you, you know? Right. It changes everything. Right. My ex-husband was there when my mom died because I had no one. And it was during COVID. Oh. So it was just like, you're in shock. And uh, I mean, I didn't know what to do. 
And I mean, my sibling was part of my family before, so it's not like that. It's just, it's just weird to lean on your ex-husband like that. Yeah. But I didn't have a choice because I, I was in, I was numb. <laughs> from the death of my mom, you know. And so, because of that different perspective, I had thought that he would be different, you know. Mm-hmm. knowing what I've been through. And so I thought to try again with him. <laughs> that didn't last long. It lasted like a couple <sighs> months because because of I, because of the person I am, I've changed and I didn't I'm a different person, the person than he's that he's met and known before. And he didn't like that. He didn't like who I've become. Which is kind of dumb because he's the one that made me who I am. Right. But I'm not going to go back to who I was if I'm changing for the better, you know? Of course. And and he hasn't changed. He hasn't changed one bit. He's still the alcoholic, abusive person that he is. And he started in on his shit with me. And it took me a couple months to get out of my, fa- my, my haze because of my mom's death. Right. But it finally, like knocked me on my feet one day when he was just like, you're still the same stupid bitch. And I was just like, why the fuck am I listening to this, you know? Yeah. Like, like why? why are you still there? Like, why am I still doing this knowing he's still going to be this way? And I don't have to, you know, we're not married. I mean, we're trying, but we're not together. Why do I have to do this? You know, and that's all I can think. And right. he just snapped me out of my haze and I'm like, get the fuck out of my house because it was my house he was in. And it was, he looked at me like, who the fuck are you talking to like that? And I literally, like, I've never been abusive to anybody before, but like, I got on his face and it was just like, get the hell out of my house. Just take your shit and go. And I thought in that moment he was going to hit me. (laughs) I was prepared for it, you know, like, I was like waiting for it Mm -hmm. because my kids were not home. So we were alone by ourselves. Right. I really thought he was going to do something, but he started packing. And I was like, okay, you know. And I went to the room. I was just into music, and he's just packing my stuff. And then he starts coming in and out of the, of the apartment, like, talking shit to me. And then I was like, man, this is taking forever. So I started helping him. Like, he needs to move the fuck out faster, you know. Yeah. And so I started helping him. And he's like, what the hell are you doing? I'm like, I'm helping you. Give me the boxes. <laughs> you know, like, and he's like, he just got more pissed off. And I just started throwing all his shit in the box. I don't care. You know, get him out. And he left, right? He left drunk with all his shit. And I was just like, I could breathe, you know. It was just like this sense of relief. The moment he was gone with all his shit, it was just like, never again am I going to do that shit again with him. Right. And like, that was a promise I made to myself that I was never going to go down that route again. Like, to take that abuse from anybody. Not even my own kids. And my kids have, have learned and become men that they shouldn't have become men so fast, you know, because they have seen so much crap. They have matured so much. And, and sometimes, you know, when you see that kind of thing, you do what your parents do. Like their dad is um, kind of always the footstep of his own dad. His dad was an alcoholic and he was abusive, you know. Mm-hmm. but my boys have not been that way 
they are like the total opposite of him which is such an amazing feeling that they're not like their dad it is like the one thing I can say that I accomplished with my kids is that they they didn't pick up his traits like that you know yeah that's always a plus because you know it's like father like son you know kind of thing but they're not they're (laughs) it's funny to say they're like mama's boys (laughs) technically they are (laughs) because they always choose me you know yeah but they choose me for their own reasons it's not because i make them or beg them or tell them to yeah they just seen everything that's going on yeah they just know the truth they know better yeah and that's the one thing we never have to lie about anything, you know, because we three know the truth. Yeah. And it doesn't matter what anybody else thinks. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't. There's his story, and there's your story, and there's the kids' stories. And most of the time, the kids have the right story. And they do. And it's just sad, too, that they still have to deal with him, you know, because he still does his shit. Yeah. You know, and and he's like old. Like you would think that he'd be mature by now, and he's older than me. And it's just like, wow, when are you gonna grow up? Mm-hmm. Like for real, I don't get it. That's why I just like totally blocked him on everything. It's just so much easier, especially now that my kids are adults. You know, it's just what a relief. <laughs> right. Even when they were younger and we were divorced. It, I still blocked him. Like, I still don't need him. You know? He didn't pay child support, so it's not like I needed to talk to him. Yeah. That was the one thing in the divorce that, I mean, I did a child support decree, but it was like a private one. Like, you know, like we did like privately ourselves, but I never collected from him because I didn't want him to talk shit about that. You know? Like, I'm divorcing him for his money, (laughs) which is dumb because I made more money than him. Yeah, him. So it's like, I'm not going to make you talk more shit, you know? Just give me the fucking divorce. It's My whole life, though, like, I feel like my whole life was just that up and down marriage, you know? And my, when people ask what what's on my bucket list now, it's just like, I feel kind of, corny and sad I guess I don't know because my bucket list is to be married you know even though I was married for 20 years it's like my my number one goal still is to be happily married is what it is yeah to be happily married by someone who wants to be married to me you know exactly because you were just married just to get married yeah I want to feel what a marriage should be yeah I mean, I should have better ambition, but I don't know what to say. <laughs> That's like my one thing I want to feel, you know? Right. I mean, I like to travel and stuff too, but I, I mean, marriage, marriage is a big deal. It, it's such a, it's, I know it's like one, one thing to be married, you know, but it's like, it's like a whole perspective of life. It's to be in a marriage. Right. Um, to explain it, it's like your half of a marriage, you as the wife or the husband, they equal a whole. And what you guys do for each other is 
it's a lot. It could be amazing. It could be fun. You know, it's just, that's what I want. It's like this big, big feeling. And I want to feel that. I know I'm getting old, but it's, it's just, I don't know, something that makes me happy thinking about it. Yeah. And I hope someday, you know. You will. Huh. It just takes time. You know, it takes time to find happiness now. After it everything. Does. It does. It does. Um, <clears throat> it takes it one day at a time. Just because yeah. life is one day at a time, you know. You can't you can't rush life. Yeah. Um, I try to have as much fun and and see life one day at a time just because it is one day at a time. I mean, it's it's hard to plan stuff because plans change. Yeah, it plans does. Change, like, fast. Yeah, just don't rush into anything, you know. Day by day, and we should be good. I've seen couples be married within, like, the first one year, two years, three years, even four years, and they last what six months yeah it's weird people will be together forever and the minute they get married it changes stuff yeah which is weird why why does it do that I most know. of the time I, I i think i've noticed that most of the time when when you don't live with the person you really don't know the person mm. yeah you can be dating this person for years and years and years you can be dating for 10 years you don't know the person until you live with the person. Mm. Yeah, I guess that's true. And that's why it, it's kind of hard to find love now because nowadays it's just like they look for you, they want all this from you, but they don't know what else they can offer. They can offer even more. Some 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 couples even can offer more when they're together than when they're not together and. They're missing out. Right. Yeah, see, I don't even know what to look for anymore. <laughs> like, I know I have this big goal of being married, like, being happily married, but, like, yeah. I don't even know how to date. <laughs> that's how sad I am. See, um, what, what, I've, what I've always said, and I've had conversations with multiple people, it's one of those, like, if you're going to start talking to somebody, talk about your ex first. Stuff that triggers you, stuff that annoys the shit out of you. You know, stuff that you don't like. And then go from there. Because mm-hmm. once you talk about that, guess what? Oh, I know what your your favorite color is. I know when your birthday is. All that is going to come along anyways. Right. Yeah, you can start, start talking to the person. Like, oh, what's your favorite color? What's your favorite movie? You might know everything that's her favorite stuff, but you don't know what triggers her. Yeah. And if you don't know what triggers her, and then you guys get together, you guys move in together, the first thing that you do, it's going to trigger her. Or the first thing the girl does is going to trigger him. And bye. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's not going to work out. So that's why I always say, figure out your, you know, like that TikTok says, figure out your ex. Because if you don't know your ex, you really don't know the person. 
That is true, though. And people say, oh, well, he's a red flag for this, or they're a red flag for that. Or like, we all have our red flags. Right. Everybody has red flags. But if that's all you're looking at, you're not looking at the good person that that person is. Maybe those red flags are nothing. But that's true. Maybe you see them because you want to see them. Yeah, everybody's perspective on anybody is different from everybody else's. Yeah. What could be a red flag for some girl is like heaven for me, you know? Like, yeah. I don't know. And then you going through this relationship, I'm pretty sure you notice all these red flags. You notice, like, people be like, oh, he's a drinker. Or, oh, he's a jealous type. Or, look at him. He's one of those stalker persons that wants me to, like, text him every five minutes what I'm doing. Mm. Like, nah, man, like, relax. We have our own life. You have your life, I have my life. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Because that that sounds like dating or is that talking? I mean, I don't even know the difference. You know, nowadays... <laughs> what is the difference? <laughs> nowadays, you can be talking to somebody and they're going to think you're dating. Yeah, I don't even know. What is the difference? I I thought that was the same thing anyways. Talking and dating is the same. Well, talking is talking. Talking is like the stalking stage and whatever. But I see dating would be more like, okay, we're talking today. Like we'll talk all week, right? Or we'll talk for two weeks and then we'll make a date. So every two weeks you go on a date. That's more like a dating. Like you are always going, constantly seeing each other, going out. That for me is kind of like dating or even you talk all week. Even if you don't see your, each other all week, at least you guys will see yourself once a week. That's kind of my my dating kind of state. Mm, okay. But that, like I said, that's for me. For you, it can be you can be dating somebody and just talk all the time. I don't know. It's but yeah, a- me talking and dating is the same. That's how I see it. <laughs> That's how I see it. <laughs> because technically, if I'm talking to one person, then I'm only pretty much talking to one person. That's dating, yeah. right? Is you you're pretty much exclusive. True. But if I'm talking to to somebody and they're just saying it's talking, and we're just talking, like getting to know each other, that's it. But that yep. means we're pretty much talking to a lot of people, then not just one. Yeah, right? but you also have to think about this, like. For you, talking to one person, it's going to be exclusive. I'm talking to this person. I'm dating this person. But what does talking mean to the other person? Yeah, I guess that makes sense. You have to find out their person. Like, you you can be like, hey, you know, we're talking. You're mine. Hey, cool. To To you, I'm yours. But to me, I'm just talking to you. I'm still single. Yeah. We're just talking. I can be talking to somebody else. I can be talking to the whole world. But once again, we're just talking. Exactly. That's that's how I bring the difference between talking and dating. Like I can be talking to you and then I can be talking to you and seeing you. 
if I'm seeing you, it's like, all right, you know, now it's a little bit more exclusive. Now I'm seeing you. Oh, I see. It's still confusing for me. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Like I said, it, it's different for everyone, but it is what it is. Everybody takes it different. Um, and that's basically what life brings to you because we all been through different relationships. Mm, yeah, see, that's where I'm at, though, because of my past relationships. Um, I've only had three, mm-hmm. three relationships. So it's, like, hard to distinguish a relationship from three bad ones, you know? Right. So me talking to someone is good, you know, because it helps me understand them and see who they are just by talking. Even yeah. if it's just, like, every day and just talking, only talking. Um, and I do understand that phase of dating, relationship, whatever, is the mm. talking stage, you know? Because I've never done that. I've never done a talking stage before. Yeah. I was always just with somebody, and that was just it. So to be in a talking stage is, like, it's very new, and it's it's hard. It's, like, an <laughs> emotional roller coaster. <laughs> and yeah. It's weird. No, I get it. I feel you on that one. But like I said, everyone's relationship status is different. That's true. I feel like that's something to talk about with somebody else, you know? Yeah. Like you can talk. And like I said, you can talk and talk and talk and talk to a person and be like, oh, yeah, we're exclusive. But you're saying that. What's the other person saying? Right. Or even if you guys are talking, at least speak about it. It's like, look. I don't want you talking to anybody. I want to make it official. Now you guys are making it official. Right. Now you guys are still talking. But now it's official. But official what? Official talking? Well, technically for you, it will be dating. <laughs> See, for me, it won't be dating. <laughs> See, how about you? I'm just talking to you. Like, we're just, <laughs> we're just talking. See how confusing that is? So that doesn't work. <laughs> yeah. But like I said, it's different for everyone. So if, if you have a partner, talk to your partner. Bring it up. And go from there. Mm. What's the worst that's going to happen? I don't know. I'd still be the, single. The person say no. <laughs> the person say, let's keep talking. <laughs> You're going to stay single. Yeah. Like At the end of the day, you know, there's a bunch of people out there. It's true. That is true. I mean, sometimes, you know, like, um, okay, so in my past relationships, they mm-hmm. say that, I don't know if it was my attitude or whatever it is about me that would always bring up, like, I'm too much or I'm not enough, you know? I started to think that, like, I was never enough because I wasn't ever enough, like, good enough to be with them, but then right. I was too much because of my personality, I guess. Yeah, too much for them, and they couldn't handle it. So I started thinking it's because I have an attitude, and I don't know what it is. Well, whatever, you know. Like <laughs> I've, <laughs> I've learned to like just be myself, and and sometimes I talk back, and it's just like okay, either you deal with it or you leave. You know, it's, <laughs> I can't change who I am. You know, and, and you I'm, shouldn't change. Like it's natural for me. If you're bringing that out of me, that that attitude or whatever, then it's like I'm that comfortable with you now. You know. Yeah. And if you're going to go and step back because of that, then oh, I'm sorry. Right. 
And you know, Steve, I, Steve Harvey, Steve Harvey said it the best way. Nobody changes for anyone, unless it's the right person. Mm. Yeah. You will never change for anyone, unless it's the right person. And I'm not saying. And he even explained it. Like I don't remember word for word, but he even explained it. Like he's not going to change the way who he is, but you will see a change. Everyone else will still be the same person. So I've, I've always believed that you will always be yourself until you find that right person. And that's when you're going to change. That is true. Like, I don't know if it's changed, like changing your bad ways or whatever, but for me, it, I changed in a way where I am able to be free like myself. Yeah. Um, being able to talk to someone and not get the feeling where they're going to, uh, I don't know what the word is. So anytime that I felt my attitude came out or whatever, I talked back. I didn't get the feeling that I was going to be reprimanded after or have consequences, mm-hmm. you know, for being who I am. And that feeling is such a, it's such a good feeling, you know, like not having to like block myself from myself, you know, for being me. And to find someone that actually like, it lets you be you. It's just, it, it's a crazy feeling, you know? I mean, mm-hmm. that person's like the right person for me, but it's like a good it's a good start, you know, to be able to be myself in yep. any kind of relationship, even if it's just friends, you know, like being able to be myself with my friend, it's, it's, it's a good feeling. Yeah. And that's how you know that you'll change because you're yeah. actually going to be yourself. Yeah, that is definitely how I knew I've changed because I don't, I don't stop myself anymore from being myself. Even no matter who I'm with. And and if the person I'm with doesn't like it, you know, then then we don't have to talk anymore. It's that simple. Yeah, because you can talk to somebody and your walls are going to be really high. Yeah. But you'll know when those walls fall, that's when you know that's the right person. And it's not just within with like a, a romantic relationship. It's like with friends too. Mm-hmm. I've noticed that too recently is that... Um, getting closer to friends and being able to let my wall down being myself is such a good feeling too because there's so much trust um that makes you feel good right and not just about the relationship with friends but yourself yeah and it makes you a different person and i've noticed that like when i've um talked to you or like other friends it's just It's such a good feeling being myself, you know? Like, I've never had that kind of feeling with friends before. I don't Mm. know if it's because of my past and the maturity I have now. It's just, it's different. It's crazy how relationships change you. Yeah. Um, One of my friends told me this, and she even sent me a picture of it. It's like, people come to your life for a reason, a season, or a lifetime. Mm -hmm. You, You don't choose that. They do. They choose their own path. You will know who's here for a reason, a season, or a lifetime. And that is true. And most of the time, they're always here for a reason. Every person, though? 
Not everyone. Hmm. But you have those out there that you know they're going to be there for a lifetime. And I'm pretty sure you've seen those that are there for a reason, and some of them are just there for a season. Just come, say hi, and bye. I have seen that. I just didn't notice notice it in that way. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> that is funny enough. Yeah. When I, when I heard that, I, my, my life kind of changed. People come and go, but people are here for a reason, a season, or a lifetime. And that's true, though. Like, for the reason part, um, I do believe that people do come in there for a reason. Certain people, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I know that you and Yaz have been in my life for a reason. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, it's a crazy, crazy, crazy feeling. So. Yeah. Like, like, I'm telling you. Even those that are here for a reason, they become a lifetime. But you don't choose that path. They do. That's crazy. Nobody chooses that path but them. You're here just to watch and listen. (laughs) (laughs) I just opened your eyes, huh? (laughs) <laughs> yes. I mean, like, my, my brain is starting to think uh, and think, like, wow. uh, think of other people in my life sorry not sorry <laughs> <laughs> yeah. thank you yeah I didn't know if I was going to tell you that but then I was like no she needs to hear it yeah I mean it's true though that is like um, a very true saying. Right. It just makes you think about people mm-hmm. that you've met, you know, and that are still in your life. Mm-hmm. It's true. And I'm pretty sure you have friends from years ago that are still there for you. Mm. No. I mean. I'm pretty sure you have at least one. I mean, through social media, yeah. Like, we talk through social media, but nothing else, no. Right. But there's still that one person out there. No. Sorry. Really? No. See? You can tell. Those are the season ones. Yeah. I mean, friends from my school and stuff, yeah. Mm-hmm. Nope, I have nobody I keep in contact with. Yeah, I have friends from high school that I still talk to. Better yet, I got friends from junior high school that I still talk to. I mean, they see my stuff on, you know, like social media and they'll like comment and stuff, but that's not really keeping in contact, you know, because they don't actually call me or text me. Yeah. It's only through social media. Oh, no, no. We actually talk. We hang out. Birthday parties, barbecues, stuff like that. Like, we don't do it all the time. They do it most of the time. Um, Even when I was in junior high with them, I've always kept to myself Mm. but once in a while they'll check up on me once in a while I'll check up on them and you know what to this day we're almost 20 plus years strong that's good that is pretty cool and you know what thinking thinking about it is like I I, I would think they they would have been seasoned but 
They're lifers. Right. Their kids call me uncle. They're lifers. Isn't that crazy? You would think, you know, all high school like or middle school would be like seasonal, you know, because it's, is that part of your life, which is just school? Yeah. And then when it ends, it's done, you know? But yeah. For some people, it's that way. I do not have friends from high school that I talk to like that. <laughs> I don't have friends like that at all. <laughs> like, uh, that are long-term. Most of my friends are, like, coworkers, and then once my job is done, then we don't keep in contact. Yeah. So, I'm that kind of person. I have select few friends, like, maybe really, like, a handful. And and those are your lifers. And it's crazy, because they're all, like, recent friends, so. But, yeah. We see. How much of my life they can handle. <laughs> I think they've handled enough for me. <laughs> I think they've handled enough. I think they're good. <laughs> I hope. <laughs> you hope. <laughs> now you're thinking like. Huh? Uh, I think I need to end this. <laughs> Okay, and yeah, recollect enough. my notes. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, this was good. This uh, was good. Hey, look. First of all, I want to say thank you for being here. Thank you for being an amazing friend. But mostly thank you for giving me the opportunity to be in your life. Um... Obviously, people are going to talk, but who gives a shit of mm. what they think our relationship is? Mm. Um, our relationship uh, is one of the strongest that we built, and we've built it together. Um, we've come really close, and we have somebody else that's really close to us, too, and it's basically a, a trio. Mm-hmm. You know, and... There's other people out there that we consider our friends too, but the bond that we built between us three, it's kind of hard to break. It is. It's it's different. Yeah. So once again, thank you for being on on this podcast. Thank you for sharing your story. Um, Thank you for having me. You're a strong-ass woman for everything that you've gone through. I am beyond proud of you of everything that you have accomplished and you're still going to accomplish because I'm pretty sure you're not done. I know I'm not done. I can feel it. Oh, no, I know you're not done. And no matter what, we're still here. Um, This is the part where I usually like to say if you have anybody you want to give a shout out to, go for it. Shout out to my BFFs. Um, I don't know. I don't know if I should say their name. <laughs> go go ahead. Like, I'm, I'm pretty right. sure they're gonna listen to this. Yes. Well, I'm pretty sure everyone knows who my BFFs are because I always say it constantly. Um, but yeah, it's you and Jasmine. I I can't believe how much of a bond that we have. 
in a short amount of time. Like you said, um, definitely here for a reason. And I feel that, you know, like that's how close I feel we are. Mm-hmm. But thank you guys so much. No, thank you. Thank you. Um, once again, open season. Season two is amazing. Um, obviously, you know, this is going to be out on Monday. And I'm going to repeat myself every every podcast that comes out. I will be going live every Friday to discuss the podcast. Uh, and I would like to know if you are willing to join the box. This will be on TikTok Live at 8 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And like I say on every podcast, everybody do the math. 8 o'clock California, and then everybody goes 9, 10, 11, 12, whatever. <laughs> I'm not here to tell you guys what time. Uh-huh. 8 o'clock Pacific Standard Time, Friday night, TikTok Live. We'll be discussing this podcast. If you would like to join the box, you're more than welcome. If not, it's okay. I'll be alone. No boxes will be open unless it's yours or if you would like to invite somebody else. Other than that, it'll be myself discussing this episode. Sure. With that being said, any last final words? No. (laughs) Any words of encouragement for the ladies out there, for the fellas? You know, we need some love too. Yes. You have a voice. Use it. You always have a choice. And make the right choice. Guy or girl. You know. You heard that? With that being said, y'all have a great morning, great afternoon, amazing night, and blessings. Once again, Steph, thank you for being here. Thank you.